0: Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stop Ridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Alright, well we're gonna go, uh, continue our series, hashtag for family, and I want to jump right in again this morning. Uh you may, I think I've told you this many times, but Rhonda and I were student pastors before we became the pastors of this church. And one of the locations that we was a student pastor at was in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And uh, we had uh, become student pastors there, and you know they'd ask us to come in and, and said, oh, you know, Jeff, we really want to see our young people grow, because this it was, it was church that was a, had a little age on it, and uh, they had built a new building, and they said, we want some young people. So... You know, Rhonda and I went in and we started working, and uh, you know, working with our volunteers, and, and and God began to bless, and we began to grow and reach out. We began to reach unchurched teenagers, and uh, that was quite. Uh, I think it was more than they uh, hadn't imagined it would be, because we started bringing these unchurched teenagers. They started coming, and uh, you know, they had this. They had this nice church that was always clean, never had any any kind of uh, issues at all. And they had this big fellowship hall where the students were going to be meeting. I mean, it, was, it could have been like a gymnasium. It was so big. And they had a basketball goal set up in there. And so, you know, the kids would come in. They would play basketball and stuff. And, and then the people started complaining to me that they were getting scuff marks on their floor. Are you kidding me? Like, I was like, okay. And so... Uh, so as we try to clean the floor, you know, or whatever, and then, uh, and then, you know, they, of course, the unchurched teenagers, I'm telling you, they don't sing Jesus loves me, you know, and they don't say that. They, they, matter of fact, they will curse you out, uh, you know, and they would say curse words sometimes and they would hear them say that. And so they would come and talk to me, you know, I just heard this kid say this word. And I'm like, I'm glad you don't hear them say what I hear them say, you know. Uh, again, they were unchurched, right? Unchurch, unsaved people. Unsaved people do unsaved things, right? And so, and then what almost got me fired? <clears throat> one Sunday, I thought, okay, now we, you know, we had a group of them. They started coming, and I got them to come to a Sunday morning service. You know, and I was so proud. And and they were sitting down here, like on the on the first couple of rows. And, you know, me and the pastor, you know, we had the holy man chairs up on the stage. I don't know if anybody remember those days or not, but when the pastor, you know, sat up here in the holy man chair. And so I was up in the, up here in the holy man chair area. And, uh, and so we was, you know, this music was going, we was clapping and singing, you know, clapping. And, and uh, I did not know, you know, and it was sort of a upbeat maybe hymnal or whatever we were singing, but it was sort of upbeat. I did not know that you can break it down the hymnals, but they heard the music going and the beat, and they started going, boom, 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 mm, mm. and they started doing, staying alive, staying, I'm not kidding you, I mean, they broke it, they started breaking it down, like breakdancing, everything else in church, and the move that, that got it was this, is they grabbed, one of them grabbed their nose, put his hand up there, and he went, oh my goodness, After that service, I was mauled. (laughs) Those people said, that is so disrespectful. That is irreverent, blah, 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 blah. I mean, they let me have it. But what I understood was this, is that those church people were expecting something out of those people, those teenagers that had never been put into them. See what I'm talking about? The only thing that they knew was wild stuff. I mean, that's the way they lived. You know, it, it was unsaved people. And so, so what they didn't understand is a church, that it was our responsibility to put the good stuff in so the good stuff would come out. But at that time, no good stuff had been put in, and they were, they were wanting to run them off before we could get the good stuff in. You say, are you tracking with me? And so I learned that day is this is that you cannot expect out of what you have not put into. And that is a, that is a truth that I've learned. And, and that's, that's why our church is the way that it is. If we come as you are, because uh, we like, uh, we like uh, unsaved people. And uh, you know what? Uh, we thank God if He can change us, He can change anybody. So you're right at home, by the way, uh, if that's where you are. And, and let me just say, the reason I opened up with that, because what I found to be true is this, is that that's not only true in the lives of people, but that's also true in our finances. It is true that, that, that I get out. Matter of fact, i got this statement coming up because I think it's so true. I get out what I put in. When it comes to financial living, is that I've got to have understanding, and God, God thought this was a very, very important topic. That's why when you read the Bible, when you begin to read the Bible, you begin... God says an awful lot about finances. Did you know that Jesus talked more about finances than he did did heaven and hell combined? And the question comes to my mind, why? Well, when you begin to look at, at the consequences of finances and how it affects families, you begin to understand. Do you know that over half of the marriages end in divorce because of finances? More people Listen, more children are left in a home without a father because of finances than any other thing. More children are left without a mother because of of finances. It is finances that destroys family. So I understand why God talks about it so much. And because I am a pastor that loves you, and because, listen, when you were sleeping last night, well, it depends on what time you go to bed. Let me just say this. Wherever you were last night at about 1045, Rhonda and I was praying for you. Matter of fact, every night about 1030 or 1045, we pray for you. You know why? Because if you don't get this stuff, your life is never going to get better and you're going to be in misery. And so if we can help, if God's teaching can get inside of you, you know, if we can, uh, if I can get it in you, then guess what? I get out I get out what I put in. So if we can put it in you, then you can get it out. And so today I want to give you an opportunity to sort of receive some teaching, biblical teaching on finances, and it's practical. And listen, if you start this today, you can begin a recovery, and you can save your family. And, and listen, you have a chance to change your whole family tree, and that's what I want for you. So let's, let's go ahead and dive in. So I, I've actually entitled this uh, talk today, Taking... The family feud out of finances. Doesn't that sound good? Now, let's just be honest before we get started. Okay. Rhonda and I have had money fights. So, is anybody else here in your family, with someone in your family, you had a money argument or fight? Anybody in this room? Okay. All right. That's a third of us and the rest of you are liars. (laughs) So, you want to go ahead and just come down here right and kneel and say, oh, God, I'm so sorry right now. We all have had that, right? And so, we got to admit it. What we have. And so I want to give you four things today that I do think will help you. And remember, I get out what I put in. So today if you begin to if you lean in and you begin to put in, it's amazing what will happen. So first thing I want you to write down is this. Would you write this down? The first thing to to kill that feuding is plan your spending. Plan your spending. Now look at what the Proverbs said. The wisest man to ever live, look what he said. The Proverbs 21 and 5, look what he said. What's that first word? Amen. Plan. Would you circle that? Plan. There's a plan. And he says how? Yes. Carefully. Plan carefully and you will have what? Plenty. Why don't you go ahead and circle the word plenty? Go ahead and circle that. Okay? Now what I want you to do is I want you to draw an arrow between plan and plenty. Okay? Because there's a connection there. And then look what he says. If you act too quickly, then let's read the rest of it. You ready? Look what will happen. Let's read it. You ready? You will never have enough. Okay. Alright, I want everyone, if you don't mind, to look at me just a second because I want to teach you something here. It's the opposite of what you've been taught your whole life. And the reason that you're struggling is because you've leaned into this. So I've got to help you. What the world says is that more equals plenty. But what God says is planning equals plenty. See what I'm talking about? Some of you, you, you know, you're sitting in this room right now, some of you have received a raise on your job or, 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 you know, your income. Somehow your income has went up. And you make more now than you've made in the past and you have more coming in, but yet you still do not have plenty. Matter of fact, you're still struggling. More more does not make plenty. What makes plenty is planning. When you plan carefully your finances, then you begin to have some left over, okay? So the world says, I just need more. I guarantee you, listen, if we gave you $2,000 more a month, Within six months to a year, you would be right at the same place you're at right now because more does not equal plenty. Planning equals plenty, okay? And so we got to remember that. Now, this is the principle of budgeting, and I'm going to be transparent with you today, okay, as I always am. Somebody asked Rhonda last week, he said, how in the world do you let that man sit up there and talk about you all like that? Because we love you, and we want you to learn from us. We've been stupid. You don't have to be. Learn from us. Okay, Ron and I used to fight over, over money a lot. I'll just be honest with We first got married, uh, you know, the first ten years, it was a war. And here's a problem. I started in the ministry, and you know, and I, I didn't make a lot of money, and uh, and so I would go out and do all these extra jobs. I would, I mean, I would sell cars. I would do whatever I had to do to make money. And I would do an extra job, and I would go make like $400, you know, or something, bring it home, and think, okay, wow, we got $400 now. And I would say, Rhonda, now I'm going to go buy this. You say, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, uh, what do you mean I can't do that? Uh, we don't have the money. I'm like, well, wait a, wait a minute. What do you mean we don't have the money? I just brought home $400, you know, extra. I just worked those extra, extra jobs, brought that money home. She said, well, we don't have the money. We had to pay some bills. And I was like, oh, no, you stealing our money. <laughs> so I was like, "Ah, I, like, uh-uh. I mean, what, what would you think? You know, I'm like, oh, extra $400, You, you stealing our money. What you doing with our money? And then I would accuse her. Like, you, you're the one that messed with our money. And then she'd get mad at me, and she'd take the checkbook back then. You know, we didn't have all the computer stuff. And she'd take the checkbook and go, and it'd come right toward my head. And go. she'd say, you take it then. And then after a little while, I realized I didn't want to fool with it, so I just sort of slide it back over there, you know. <laughs> and that sort of and listen, let me tell you, watch this. Watch, this. we were in what was called the crazy cycle, because we'd get over that fight, and then it wouldn't be but about another month or so or two months, we'd get right back in the same fight again over the same issues. And we was in the crazy cycle. Until so ten years into our, and 10, 10 years into our marriage, I was actually the we were the pastors of this church. And 10 years in, she said, you know what, Jeff? She said, I'm going to teach, my, take my small group, uh, connect group, through a uh, course by Larry Burkett, which is a Christian financial group. And she said, Jeff, now, you know, you always say, it, if we're going to teach it, we got to do it. I said, yes, ma'am, I'm good with that. And so she got, the first step was that you had to write down a budget and so she wrote down everything that we owed, and then she wrote what we brought in, and then and when she did that, she said, "Okay, Jeff, I've got. I want you to sit down here and look at this with me." And when she did that and she showed me how much it took for us to live, I like to had a heart attack. There's no, there is no way it takes that much money to live. There's no way. And it was all right there on paper. So my eyes were open. And then, you know, it was still how much we'd come in and so she said, Jeff, so what I'm telling you to make this work is that if, if you're going to go out to eat or anything like that, you got $20 to do that with a week. I was like, how much you get?" <laughs> My next question. How much you? I'm just being honest with you. I let, you know, I, I'm getting 15 As long as you can get more than me, okay. <laughs> that's so silly, but that's so true is what I said. And... Uh, And so, you know what, right there, we sat down, I can take you to the house we lived in, the table we were sitting at, we sat down and both of us signed that budget. You know what that became? It was our peace treaty. For the first time in our marriage, we had peace in our finances because, you know why? We got on the same page. We had never, ever been on the same page with our finances. Let me just tell you this. Many people come and talk to me about their money like their money problems with their with their family, with their spouse, and they'll say, "You know, we're just not on the same page." And here's my question, show me the page. And if you can't show me the page, then you'll never be on the same page. And so I want to challenge you today to learn to plan your spending by getting on a budget. Now, inside of your program, we have resources for you <laughs> cuz God, We didn't have it back then, so we have resources for you that you can go to our website. There's a sheet that you can download to help you get uh, on a budget. Now, listen, parents, listen. You have the opportunity to stop the family curse. You can stop it right now. And you begin to practice financial principles that you teach your children, and then you can stop that family curse of everybody being broke. And you can stop it. And if you're single here today... And you get this, and you can stop it as well because once you get it, everybody's going to want to know what you're doing, you know, to, to be able to have plenty. And that's it. So, another thing that we offer, and Rhonda and I took this, so we did that. We got on the budget, but we still had no savings, but we, we didn't fight on money because we had, you know, we had money for tires and all that kind of stuff saved up, but we didn't have a, a savings account to amount to anything. So, we then went through financial peace, and financial peace helped us figure that out. So what I'd like to offer you is an opportunity to go through financial peace. I'd like for you to, try, uh, to do that. Now, it's going to cost you $105 to do that. A couple, okay, if you're a couple, it's $105. If you're single, it'll be $105. But uh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, it is. But what I, the reason I wanted you to know this is because we're not going to pay for that. We're a generous church, and you know we're generous, and, and let me tell you why we're not going to pay for that, because every time that we pay for that, people don't show up. They quit. Matter of fact, you know, there's been some people come to me, and they're nice people They say, you know, Pastor Jeff, I just don't have the money right now, but I'd love to go through. If I just had the money, and out of the, out of the kindness of my heart, you know, I rolled out the money out of my wallet I've been saving, and, and say, okay, I'm going to do it for you. We're going to do it for you. And guess what? They don't show up. And then the pastor gets ticked Right, I just did this for you And so but what we found is, is that people that that spend that pay the money they show up And so here's what I want to tell you listen It's gonna start in October if you don't have hundred five dollars. So here's what we're gonna do We're gonna put you on a payment plan. All right Fifteen dollars a week. So right now you can start it's on our kiosk out there It says financial freedom and you can just start making a fifteen dollar a week payment to that until you get it paid And then when you get ready to start, you'll have your money. And then, listen, you, the greatest investment that you can give yourself is what? Invest in you. Why? Why, why, why? Because what we said, I get out what I put in. And if you don't put this stuff in you, you'll never get it out of you. And you're always going to be broke and disgusted and busted. And you don't have to be because we'll get you out of it. Okay, so I have this next step for you. It says this. It says, I will do my best to put my budget down on paper and review it monthly. I want to encourage you to check that box. Cause so It's a spiritual matter because as soon as you start doing that, you're going to quit fighting. Not, don't just put it on paper, but review it monthly together. You know, Rhonda and I do a budget review every two weeks. Every two weeks, we, we review our budget together. And we stay on the same page. And we don't fight about it. You know, people are down on what they're not up on. So you've got to know what's there. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Okay, number two is this. Number two, would you write this down, is give back to God. These are principles that the Bible teaches that I have practiced and Rhonda practiced that have helped us, is give back to God. And this is the principle of tithing, okay? Look what it says Malachi 3.10. He says, bring the whole tithe. Now, what is tithe? People ask me that. The word tithe is simply uh, means 10%. It translates to 10%. That's what it means. Brings 10% into the storehouse. Now, what is the storehouse? The storehouse that God is talking about is where you receive spiritual food. Wherever you go to church and that you're encouraged spiritually is the place where you're to give back to God. So when you give back to God, 10% you're to give it to the place that you go to church at, where you receive spiritual food. Not to a missionary, not to your broke brother-in-law. Amen. Well, I'm going to give my tithe to my brother-in-law. They're in need. Oh, God don't bless that because you're taking what God says is his and, and you're telling God what you're going to do with his money. And, and I, I know because I've been, the same. I've been tempted too, just like you, to do that. But I said, oh, no, this is what the Bible says, okay? And he goes on to say this, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of blessing that you will have not have room enough for it. So God says... When you do this, you're going to test me, and I'm going to bless you. Now, let me just tell you, some of you have not been around church, and this is new for you, and you said, you're crazy if you think I'm going to give 10%. I know what you're thinking. You know how I know what you're thinking? Because I had a man a couple years ago that wasn't around church when I was standing out there shaking people's hands, he came come to me, and he cussed at me. He did. I mean, right here in front of God and everybody, cussed at me and told me how crazy I was and added some beep, 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 beeps to that. And told me my mama didn't like me their beep, 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 or whatever. And uh, he did, and I listened to him, and he said, you know, there's just no way that I could ever do that, give 10%. You're crazy. So I, I guess he went the whole week and thought it over, and he'd come back the next week, which I was shocked that he'd come back. And he'd come back the next week, and he he come to me again. i braced myself, because I was ready for it again, you know, here we go, I'm going to get it again. And he said, Pastor, this is what I'm going to do. He said, you know what, I'm going to do this testing God thing. He said, but I ain't giving the whole 10% first. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give. He said, Here's the money. He said, I'm going to give $50 a week. And he said, that's not my tithe. And he said, then I'll just add $5 a week to that until I get to my tithe. And we're just going to see what God will do. I said, okay. That's, I, I, hey, it's between you and God. It's not me and you. I'm just telling you what God says. It's up to you what you do. And, uh, and so sure enough, he did. And yes, after about three or four months, he come back to me and apologized, and he said, "I'm telling you, pastor, I did not believe this, but God has done some supernatural things in my family, and in my life, and in my finances. And so I'm telling you today because I want something for you, not because I want something from you. I know this is what Ron and I practice, and this is what the Bible says, and God's blessing. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said this in Matthew 6:33." But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. All these things shall be added to you. you. That's right. So what is he saying? Jesus is saying that he will bless whatever you put him first in. If you want God to bless your family, you put him first in that. If you want God to bless your job, you put him first in that. If you want God to bless your marriage, you put him first in that. If you want God to bless uh, your finances, you put him first in that. If you want God to bless your college career, you put him first in that. Whatever you put God first in, he blesses. And that's what Jesus is saying. So, because I am crazy, I know that, I'm going to do something that many of you have heard me do a long time, a lot of times, and that is this, is that uh, we have what's called a 90-day tithe challenge. It's inside your program. And what it simply says is this, Is that listen is that if you try this for 90 days uh, and you know you you bring your offering to God and it's it's labeled okay don't say well I'm putting cash in there you know it's got to be a record of it so if you give online or you put it in an envelope and you do that and at any time during that process or after the 90 days is up if you say you know this caused me a hardship then all you got to do is contact our office you don't even have to talk to me contact our office and say, you know what, i really like a refund on my tithing for that 90 days. And listen, let me tell you something. We're better than Walmart. You don't even have to stand in line and wait or fight or nothing. You don't have to bring a receipt, nothing. You know what, if there's a record of it, we have a record of it. And they just write you a check right back. Why would we do that? Because we'll do almost anything to get you to take a step to trust God. And so... So if you'd like to do that, and no pressure, but if you'd like to try that, what I'd like you to do is just check the, box, check the card where it says, I'd like to take the Tide Challenge for 90 days, and what, what I'm going to do for you is this, is that, you know, when you check that box, your name's going to come to me, and for the next 90 days, I'm just going to pray over you because I know it's going to be a spiritual battle, and I'm going to ask God to just, just take care of you. So just check that box, and, and I'll be praying for you. That's it. Uh, that's it. And so I want to challenge you with that. Uh, to take that, that 90 day Tide challenge. Okay, number three is this. Would you write this down? The third thing is this, is save for the future. Save for the future. I want to ask you a question. I want I not get what you get done writing because I want you to look at me. I want to ask you a question. Would you agree with me that stress goes up when we owe a lot of debt? Would you agree with that? Stress goes up. Would you agree with me that stress goes down when you got a hefty savings account? When you got money to make, doesn't it make stress a little less? My father always used to tell me, say, son, I feel good as long as I've got a couple of dollars in my pocket. And there's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? I mean, when you're broke and you can't buy a cheeseburger at McDonald's, you know, a Happy Meal. When you can't buy a Happy Meal to get happy, you're in trouble, right? <laughs> And so, save for the future. Look what the Bible says. Proverbs 13 and 11 says this. Money that comes how? What does it do? Disappears. Disappears quickly. You don't believe that? Ask the lottery winners. People that never handled money, all of a sudden got all this money. Guess what? They're in worse shape in like five years than they were before they ever did that. Over half, almost half the people. And so, uh, he says, but it goes on. But money that is gathered how? Let's read it, ready? Little by little, what? It will grow, it will grow. So he's saying that the way that you get plenty, the way that you, the way you get on top of things is not by one lump sum. It's by gathering it little by little. Let me tell you Ron and I, a secret, okay? Because we, we stunk at saving money. We just couldn't save it. It's amazing we could pay bills, but we couldn't save money. And so what we learned to do was this, is that we took... We took him, opened up a savings account in another bank, and we said, "Okay, every week we're going to have so much money transferred out of our checking account to go in that savings account." And it was a little bit, but guess what? It started. It started accumulating as as time went on. And, and I'm telling you, that's the way that you do it, is that, listen, if you begin right now to, to uh, like let $20 a week or $10 a week or whatever begin to come out of your account and go into a savings account before you see it, then guess what? You can live without it. I guarantee you, if your salary got cut by $10 or $20 a week, you'd make it. Guarantee you. And so why don't you do that? Why don't you pay yourself? And you, the, Oh, well, let me tell you something. Why would you want to save? Because there's a crisis coming, right? Remember your mother and your grandmother or your grandfather and granddad said, you know, save for a what? A what? Rainy Rainy day, right? Because it's going to rain, right? That means there's going to be, your washing machine's going to go out. You're going to get sick. Your kid's going to get sick. And all this kind of stuff's going to happen. That's life. Can I tell you this? You've got a crisis coming to you. God's already revealed it to me, and I'm going to tell you when it's coming. This year it's coming. Are you ready? I mean, like I'm serious. This is coming your way. I want you to know a crisis is coming to you. It's coming on December 25th. <laughs> it's coming. Some of you run. Right some of you right now, You ain't thought about Christmas. You know, like, oh man. But but come December, all of a sudden you're gonna go, oh no, I gotta buy Christmas. And it's going to be a crisis. You're going to go, oh, what am I going to do? And you're going to go out there and you're going to charge everything up on these credit cards. And then you guess what? You're going to spend six months paying it back and you're going to be paying 20% interest if people are robbing you blind. Listen, stop paying the credit cards and start paying you. I like paying me. Don't you like paying you? So, right now, go ahead. You know, right now, if you saved like $20 a month, Twenty dollars a week right now. If you started having that diverted into a savings account right at Christmas time, you'd have about four hundred dollars right now. At Christmas, you'd have that. Now that's not. You say, well, that's not enough. Well, that's more four hundred dollars more than you had, right? And you don't. And so you don't have to borrow that much. So why not start right now instead of paying the credit cards all their interest? Guess what? And as you're putting your money in there, it'll draw. It'll start paying you. Man, I'm so smart, aren't I? It's because I've been dumb. I don't want you to be dumb. I want you to get better. I want your lives better. Listen, if I pray for you as much as I do, then don't go there. I'm going to teach you what's right. Because I'm investing too much in you for you not to get it right. Okay. Talking like daddy right now, aren't I? Okay, so number four is this. Number four, write this down. Give thanks to God for what you already have. Remember what we said. I get out what I put in. Give thanks to God for what you already have. Here we go. James 1 and 17. Look what he says. He says, every what? Good and perfect. what? Gift. Where does it come from? Above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Let me tell you something today. Listen, if you're not a Christ follower today, you do not know the blessed life because every good and perfect gift Comes from the Father above everything good that's ever happened to you has come from God and those of you that are not Christ followers You're sort of handcuffing God. I Want to challenge you today? Why don't you step across the line and ask Jesus into your life today? There's a prayer inside of our program right here. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower Why don't you go ahead and pray that that God and let God open up your heart and you invite him in and and just open up Let him open up the windows of heaven that he can be in to bless you Why don't you start that relationship today? And when you do that, just, just check on the back of this card. It said, I'm praying the prayer become a Christ follower so we can pray for you, okay? All right, so it goes on to say this. Now, let me ask you this. Would you agree that when you begin to express gratitude that it changes your attitude? Would you agree with that? You know, it's hard to be hateful and grateful at the same time, isn't it? You know, my kids never one time come and say, you're such a sorry dad. Oh, I, I thank you for what you've done for me, though. You're such a sorry dad. No, 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 no. It's hard to be hateful and grateful. And when you begin to express gratitude, it changes your attitude. And let me tell you something. God has been good to you. Let, let me say that again. God has been good to you. He's been good to you. Look, look you, just, you, you think he hasn't been good because you've got your eye on what everybody else has got. No, 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 no. You need to do a little inventory around you. You need to look at what you what he's already blessed you with you need to look You've got a roof over your head. Look. Look what the psalmist says Psalms 136 says this. He says give thanks to who? The Lord okay, let's read out those out loud those next four words. Let's read them. Are you ready? Come on for he is Come on. Say it again. He is come on one more time Like you believe it Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is good? Yes. Let me tell you something. The secret to life is, is that you begin to thank God for what you already have. You know, our, life, our lives changed in my family uh, this past year. I've told you before, my brother was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. When he got his diagnosis, the doctors walked in, they reviewed his charts, and they said, you have five months at best to live. Five months. And he, we have watched other people get a diagnosis and, and leave this world. But my brother, this month, celebrated his one-year anniversary of his diagnosis. Yes, yes. He texted us Thursday. He never texts me, so when he got a text from me, it shocked me. He texted me Thursday. He texts Ron and I, and he said, "Jeff, I just want to let you know how good God is." He said, I just got another body scan. He said, I want you to know my tumors are shrinking. The cancer has not spread. They're talking about doing surgery to remove this out of me. I want to tell you our God is good, amen. I want to tell you his secret because I wanted to know. I don't know how I would do with a diagnosis like that. That's a death sentence. How do you live? And this is what he said. He said, Jeff, every day I get up, I declare as soon as I get up, I say, God, you are good. You are so good. And God, you have given me this day. You've given me the health that I have today. God, you have given me a car to drive. You've given me a house to live in. God, you have given me a job to go to. God, you have given me peace in my heart. You've given me strength in my body. You've given me the energy I need today, oh God, because you are good. He said, every Every day I get up, I begin to say, God, you are good, you are good, you are good. And I have the strength to go on. I'm telling you, you need to do an inventory around you because I don't know how bad things are right now, but I'm telling you, God has been good to you. He has blessed you. He has kept you. When you were in night, at nighttime, when you were crying those tears and those tears were falling on your pillow, it was almighty God's hand that was scooping them up and covering you. The only reason you're here today is because you have a good God. He redirected your mind. He saved your finances. It is God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Listen, God's got, some of you are giving God a bad name because you're mulligullop, grubbing around, acting like somebody shot your dog. God has been good to you. He's been good to you. When's the last time you told him thank you? When's the last time that you said thank you? Would you just stand with me? Today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something that you may not have done in a while. And that is, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. On the count of three, I want you to say with all you got, Thank you, God. You ready? One, two, three. Thank you, God.